I want our kids to understand it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can still be successful long term if you apply yourself and you put yourself in spaces that allow you to be successful and you're able to move and navigate in those spaces. I want our kids to have all those pieces. Uh, not to mention financial literacy and how that can impact what happens at home. So that's those are some of the things we're certainly diving into. Well, welcome back, everybody, to this edition and this episode of Leading Through Unprecedented Times. I'm Tom Murray, your host, and could not be any more excited to be, have my new friend, the one and only Melvin Brown. I had the opportunity to connect uh, with Melvin recently, just a number of weeks ago for the first time. And my friend, your name has been all over the place. I've seen you all over social media. I've seen the awards and for years have been thinking to myself, I need to get to know this guy because I've received respected you from afar and had the opportunity to finally meet you recently. So Melvin, my man, how you doing? How are you? Thanks for joining the podcast. Doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, excited to have the conversation and just honored to be part of the process. Thank you. Great. So I originally became aware of your work when you were in Ohio and then recently moved down to Alabama. So talk to us a little about where you were, where you are currently, the demographics, give, give folks an understanding of the, the district in which you're now serving and the transitions you've had in the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, I came down from uh, Reynoldsburg, Ohio, which is just outside of Columbus. Uh, we did a lot of work in reference to STEM. Uh, we had the first K-12 STEM pipeline in the state of Ohio. Uh, so much of our work was very transformational. Uh, we were in the process prior to my uh, departures of working on PBL and spreading that across the entire district, uh, as we felt that was important for our, all of our kids to have an opportunity to be successful. Uh, and then uh, you come um, June of last year, I uh, decided to moved down to Montgomery, Alabama, and this has been a transformational opportunity for me. It's been uh, eye-opening to see a different part of the country um, and the, some of the work that needs to be done. So I'm excited about what we have to do here. We're about 26,500 kids here in our district, an urban setting. Uh, we're about 85% black. We're about 83 to 85% free reduced lunch. So our needs are great in terms of poverty. Um, we also have numbers of things in our community that are combatants that we need to uh, overcome, uh, including violence, things of that nature. And of course, those things work their way into our schools. Uh, we're fortunate to be in a community that sees these issues as community issues, and we want to work through them together to solve them. That we, um, getting away from pointing fingers and placing blame on some of those things. Uh, so it's refreshing to see a community that understands and embraces the whole notion of all of us working together to make that change. Um, historically, we have not performed as well academically as we should have. Um, and we're doing some things now to transform what teaching and learning looks like in classrooms. I firmly believe if you change the conditions of what takes place in classrooms, that's how you improve test scores. Uh, so that's what we're uh, doing some yeoman's work to put in place now. Uh, this is my 11th month here and it's felt like six years uh, just based on the types of things we've had to get done. Uh, but excited about the work in the future that we have ahead of us. Um, we, we have some, fantastic potential. And uh, I would hope to be able to have the same conversation three years from now and not say we have tons of potential because we're actually tapping into that. Yeah, awesome. Now, you know, one of the things we all know is change takes time and certainly coming from a system, as you shared, that was doing a lot with STEM for years and, and a leader in Ohio and all those pieces to a spot where great people are, but 
need to make some shifts. Talk to us about how you're leading a shift that that really that academic shift um, to really bring folks into 2023, right? From a teaching and learning end, again, going from high tech and lots of the things that you had in place in Ohio to coming to great people, but recognizing that need. How are you prioritizing that shift uh, to really give learners the type of experiences that they need to be able to thrive in today's workforce? We've talked about a lot about how we look and what we've done, what we've been accustomed to. It's a very, uh, it's been a very compliance oriented district, meaning uh, if kids are sitting in desks and they're quiet and they're doing their work, then all of a sudden we have a great classroom or a great school. We know uh, that that's not necessarily the case. We want kids having discourse. We want to have controlled chaos in classrooms where kids are, are wrestling with ideas and solving problems and collaborating. So starting those discussions about releasing some of that control and giving some of that to kids so they can drive what happens in classrooms. Uh, inc increasing voice and agency for students in classrooms uh, will give them a better, uh, a, a better piece of what happens. Uh, they'll take more ownership of what takes place in the classroom, and we think they'll perform much better academically in, in doing so. So that's, we've started to leak out some of that stuff throughout the school year this year. I think uh, the start of August, when we come back in the fall, um, we'll have some really transformational things happen in the classrooms and people have a better understanding of what that direction looks like. So we've had to go slow to go fast, if you will. Um, we have some, we're leaking out some ideas about what PBL can look like and the potential of that, uh, how we bring our business partners into the fray so they can be part of the process. Those are, those are things that are in the works. Um, so I think, you know, if we come back and have the same conversation in say November of this year, uh, I think we'll be able to give some, some, some fruit we'll be able to see some of those things coming to fruition and I'll have some and at least some anecdotal information about how uh, how that's moving. But unfortunately, we it's, it's been very antiquated um, in, by and large when it comes from uh, to teaching and learning. We haven't been very uh, advanced or transformational. And, and that's how we're going to move the needle for all of our kids. Now, we have to make sure all of our kids have good opportunities to be successful and admitting the fact that, you know, your traditional education has not and will not ever work for all kids. It was never engineered to be that way. And if we don't change, then our kids will continue to fall behind. Uh, so that's the work we're trying to do here. Uh, equity is, is key to that process. And understanding we have a series of magnet schools that have been very successful. And then we have a series of traditional schools that have not had that same measure of success. We want to level the playing field to make sure everyone is having an opportunity to be successful. Uh, so building a career pathways across our traditional schools and giving them some programs that allow kids to choose types of things they're interested in and then get experiences that kind of supplement that that learning experience. I firmly believe that if we can learn things in, in, in classrooms and then apply them in real life context. All of a sudden we can have real learning happening. Um, so that's much of the work we have to get done. And um, I think our, our environment is ripe to do so. It's just we have to create the conditions necessary to make that successful. And, uh, you know, having challenges in, in districts such as ours are things that won't ever go away. But how are we going to transform our work and, and organize our work so that we can make those things less of an impediment? Uh, we also uh, have a ton. No, I shouldn't say a ton. We have a number of emergency certification teachers who are coming from industry and haven't learned pedagogy. Um, they know content but they haven't learned pedagogy and how to uh, disseminate classroom instruction. So that's work we've had to do as well. Uh, we have a pretty firm PD plan that's intentional about providing those folks with success and support so they can be successful next year. Um, so th there's a lot to do. Um, it's, it's every day, there's a brand new problem to attack, 
uh, but I'm not into admiring problems. I want to solve them. Um, and we see those problems as opportunities. Yeah, spoken like a true change maker there. And, you know, when you said Montgomery, Alabama, I'm sure some of our listeners thought, oh, civil rights movement, the heart of all of that, and so many different pieces there. Talk to us about some of the struggles around integration and some of the, the academic pieces and, you know, the just the, the shift from just all the everything. I mean, that that area has been such a focus in our country's history. You know, talk to us about some of those struggles around integration and some of the pieces and some of the, the pressures and, uh, and struggles it's posed even to today. It's a really unique history. If you think about Montgomery, where the the, the birthplace of the civil rights movement, but we're also uh, the the first Confederate White House. So so that hit those two the juxtaposition of those two types of history and how they uh, interact is really interesting. Um, going back historically, um, probably around the time of uh, Brown versus Board, that's when our district started to become um, far more. Um, how shall I say this? The, 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 the hue, if you will, of our district began to change. Uh, there was a ton of white flight that started then. We had a number of private schools that popped up in the 50s and 60s. Um, and that led to numbers of students leaving our district for whatever reasons that they wanted to choose. Some of those not necessarily the most noble of reasons, uh, but it is what it is. That's what the history was. Um, when we decided as a district sometime in the late 70s, mid 80s, we wanted to find some ways to retain those families. We then created um, a series of magnet schools that have been very, very successful, but they were initially put in place for the purpose of maintaining some of those families to stay here. Um, and what that's done, it's created kind of a hierarchy in our district that we have a, a situation of academic haves and have nots, and that's what we have to combat. Um, those schools are no longer um, just simply students, schools for white students, obviously. Now the issue is more so economic um, and our magnet schools are extremely successful. We have the number one high school in the state of Alabama as one of those schools. Uh, so we wanna be able to spread some of that success across all of our schools. So every one of our students has those types of opportunities. And that's the type of work from an equity standpoint that's uh, paramount to how we're gonna be successful long-term. Um, I think if we're able to develop career pathways across all of our schools, we can start to move that needle a little bit and give some better uh, opportunities for every student to be successful. And uh, that's led to using some of that, the, the, the changing demographics, if you will, trying to use that to our advantage. Because I would love to have some of those families who did leave to go to private schools or some of the suburban schools out in, in the uh, outskirts on the outside of, the, of Montgomery County. I would love to get them to move back. I'd love them to be part of what we're trying to get done. Uh, we have approximately, uh, let's see what the number is, somewhere around 12,000 students who are in private schools right now for various numbers of reasons. I always have thought, you know, if, if families choose private schools for religious education or for personal reasons or for family legacy or what have you, I'm okay with that. I understand it, appreciate it, respect it. But if they feel they're leaving because they are getting a better product, then that's something we have to fix. We have to address that. So that's the work we're getting done. And I think we've, we've laid some groundwork to start to coax some people back. At least I've heard some, some rumblings in the community that some people are contemplating, hmm, maybe, maybe we do want to go back. Uh, we also have a huge Hyundai plant here in uh, Montgomery. And there are a number of Korean families who have chosen to move to the outskirts of the county as well and not necessarily be part of our school district. We want those families here as well. Uh, we, I believe that that's, that's our purpose. Whomever lives here, whoever uh, works here, 
our job is to be able to make sure we can educate all of their kids. And we want them to understand they can get a quality education here just as much as they can get anywhere else. Um, so that's that's some of the work we have to do to change how that uh, that history impacts today. Uh, I'm looking forward to the future and how we're going to build as a district, as a community to provide something for everybody. Yeah, I love that mindset. Respect your mindset tremendously. And mindset something I want to dive into in, in just a few minutes. Um, but one of the things you mentioned in the intro was around struggles with poverty and violence uh, in that in the in your urban setting. Talk to us about uh, you know poverty in your district, violence, how you're working to overcome some of those just real struggles uh, that you have in Montgomery. Um, you know, poverty is something that's uh, it's very integral to my heart. I'm, I'm a student of poverty. I come from a single parent household and um, we were very poor. We could get into that later on if necessary, but we were very poor growing up. So I understand some of the struggles our students have and I'm very sensitive to that. Uh, part of my goal is to help us to break generational poverty in communities. And I believe education is our wheel to get us there. Um, so we're very intentional about seeing that, naming it and addressing that issue as something we have to overcome. Um, I don't. I want our kids to understand it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You can still be successful long term if you apply yourself and you put yourself in spaces that allow you to be successful and you're able to move and navigate in those spaces. I want our kids to have all those pieces, uh, not to mention financial literacy and how that can impact what happens at home. So that's those are some of the things we're certainly diving into uh, from a violent standpoint, just like any inner city. Uh, we have issues with gun violence and uh, I, I, it, Interestingly enough, we have a, a number of historic family um, conflicts that bubble up throughout generations, which is, is kind of crazy to me, but that, that's a real thing here. And uh, how we combat that in schools, making sure we know who those kids are, who those families are, and trying to find ways for them to bridge whatever those issues were. Sometimes I don't even think they know the genesis of those problems and why they why they became real things. Um, so we're having those conversations and building some platforms that allow those folks to have opportunities to engage in a positive way. Um, I want our families and our, our, our parents and our community to know that schools are a place for the community to be successful and, and, and work together. And if everybody understands that and sees that and, and realizes we're trying to build something for our kids, this isn't about adult issues. This is about kids. This is how we're going to build our community for the future. Um, you know, from a uh, we, we do a very, really good job of talking about the past, living in the present, but not necessarily thinking about what the future looks like. And um, I'm, I'm excited that we have a city government, a county government that understands they want to look in a future orientation. We, too, as a district want to do the same thing, but we need to get our citizens to think that way as well. Uh, it's not about, you know, the thing that happened last year at, X, at school X. It's about what do we want to look like in 10 years? What do we want to be for our kids 20 to 30 to 40 years down the road? And if we're able to put in place some things that allow those that to come to fruition in a positive way, now we're building community. Now we're building momentum and we're just not living in the present all the time. Um, I also think from the, in terms of our history, I think it's hard for people who've been here to really appreciate the struggle that was present here and how it was important for those folks to overcome because we're, we're almost too close to it. Um, so I think it's important we, we make sure that's readily available for people to see. Uh, we've developed a relationship with the Equal Justice Initiative and Brian Stevenson's work. Uh, he's a partner for our district now, has given out just like this earlier this week, uh, uh, $18,000 scholarships to students who are graduating. And that's something that will happen over the course of numbers of years. 
Uh, they've created a module of classes that our teachers and staff can participate in, allow them to understand history, specifically here, and the impact on what it looks like on today and on our future. Uh, so we want to make sure we, we use that in a positive way and people can understand, you know, your history has a lot to do with what your future looks like. And if you don't understand it, you're destined to repeat those mistakes again. Uh, so the, the, we're also using that to combat the nonsense out there about uh, woke, quote, 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 unquote, culture and things of that nature. Uh, I would love for them to give me a real definition of what that is, because I do think um, that word has been hijacked and created as something that it really isn't. Uh, but nevertheless, I want people to name those. Tell, tell me what you're talking about. My job is to make sure all of our kids, no matter their backgrounds, no matter their family situations, no matter their orientation, my job is to make sure they're successful. I don't care about any of those things. I want them to be successful. And um, if, if that's woke, then so be it. <laughs> that's what I'll be. <laughs> but uh, I would love I, when, when we have those conversations here, I want people to tell me what you're talking about, because uh, nine times out of 10, they have no clue. Absolutely. It's the, the latest talking points that they saw on the TV show and think we must be doing it here as well. You know, so one of the things you started to talk about um, really is, is related to one of the gears of our Future Ready framework, and that's community partnerships. And you've referenced already just in passing a couple of the partnerships that you have, you know, as a newer, I mean, experienced superintendent, but new to the district coming in. How are you strategically developing some of those community partnerships? What else do they look like, um, whether it's related to the world of work and, and helping them be prepared for you know, post-graduation or just to support students today, regardless of what grade level? What does that look like? Talk to your uh, superintendent, principal colleagues around the country about really just the importance of or what it looks like to reach out to those community folks to benefit kids. It's so important. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, I inherited kind of a disconnect between the school district and the business community. Uh, so I've been really intentional about forging those conversations and those relationships so people understand that, hey, we're open for business. We want you to be part of what we're having to do here. Uh, so in talking to the chamber and the Rotary and uh, the Kiwanis Club and all the other uh, civic organizations that exist and making sure uh, we're able to touch as many people as possible to see it to, so they know that we want to be partners in moving this work forward. Our city and county government have been fantastic about understanding the importance of education to their future to their success in terms of their work uh, and being firm partners and making that move forward. Uh, the work with our mayor's office has been phenomenal in understanding the big picture about the role that education plays in the success of any community. Um, I think we all share the belief that strong schools mean strong communities, but strong communities mean strong schools. Um, and so everyone has to take a responsibility for that. So that's what we're trying to build. I think those folks, those business entities, those civic organizations are firm, firmly entrenched in knowing that we want to make this happen in a positive way. Uh, we're going to be working on our portrait of a graduate in a few weeks. Our business folks will be part of that process, as well as numbers of our parents and students. We're also going to be doing strategic plan work uh, shortly thereafter, or some of that's going to be simultaneous, uh, where large numbers of our community will also be part of that process. Um, I, I want to be able to have a district that's open for business, but understanding that we too have to change some of our methodologies that have been historical and how we reach out to and, and, and plant ourselves in the community. We can't just expect everyone to come to PTA meetings and that's our only parent engagement. It has to look different than that. And that's incumbent upon us to do something very, di very different and breakthrough and revolutionary and innovative to make sure we get everybody invested in the work. So those partnerships are crucial to driving whatever success you're gonna have. If you don't have the support of your business community and your civic organizations and your community in general, there's no way for your school district to be successful. 
Uh, and that's something we want to certainly build here in Montgomery. Yeah, the ability for you to turn to your business community and say, hey, we've got 26,000 of your future employees. What is it that you need? What is it that we need to be building? And then in turn, have them helping with things like the the, the graduate profile, the, those types of things, you know, just immense connections there. So one, one last kind of big picture question for you. So much of the things that you've talked about really require a shift in mindsets. You know, you coming in from Ohio, you had different experiences in Ohio, seen things that have been a bit more progressive that you had, had led and worked through. But we know shifting mindsets when people's challenge, right? Like it's been said that the only people that like change are wet babies, right? Like we've heard that before, right? And so how do you come in as that superintendent? How are you working to help shift mindsets with your administrators in terms of their expectations or things that maybe they've never experienced? Like many school districts, it's my 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 gut would be many of your employees have lived in that area or around that area, experienced education very similar to ones that we're now trying to change. So talk to us a little about changing shifting mindsets? How as a leader you go about doing that, you know, and ultimately what your goal is there? Sure. It's multifaceted. Uh, on one hand, the conversations we have in our meetings and in our, pro our professional development presentations focuses on the whole notion of change or how the impact of that can be. Uh, understanding that when you have a fixed mindset, you essentially fall behind everybody around you. And my, my comment has been, you know, we've had this fixed mindset for a long time and we've had these compliance orientations in place. Has it worked? No, it hasn't worked. So why don't we just try something different? Um, trying to create an environment where people are comfortable taking risks, trying new and different things and understanding that you're not going to get in trouble, quote unquote, for doing those things is, is important. Um, I want to make sure people understand that teachers need some some autonomy in classrooms to try new and different things. And they need the support from their administrative staff to make sure those things can come to fruition. Uh, to give them the autonomy to do those kinds of things, to let them own pieces of the, of, the, of the classroom, to let kids have an opportunity to own pieces of the classroom. And that changes how people think about teaching and learning. Uh, so that's something I certainly want us to get done. Um, in terms of the whole notion of, you know, it, I talked earlier about admiring problems. We love to admire problems. Put it on the shelf, shine it up, pass it around, talk about it, put it back on the shelf. I really don't want to be in that place. Um, admiring problems is not something I enjoy doing. I want to find ways to solve them. And I think we have to bring some new and different people to the table who have had some other experiences to do that and change what those uh, conversations look like. Uh, we've been fortunate to find some folks to, to start to come along and we'll have some additional changes coming in place in the next few weeks in preparation for next year. And then drawing on some of our experiences, uh, my experiences from Ohio as well as Virginia, because a substantial part of my career is there as well. Uh, I think I'm able to broach some conversations and get people talking about some things they haven't talked about. We just uh, started talking about grading for equity and just, uh, you know, what that looks like, knowing that the 100 point scale does not necessarily work and shouldn't work based on the whole notion of you had 60 points to measure failure, but only really 20 to 15 to 20 points to measure some level of success. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. So um, we're just starting to have those kinds of conversations. So we're slowly going about the work uh, and getting that change orientation in place. And I'm excited by some of the conversations we've had with schools who want to do some new and different things. Just talked with uh, um, one of our most our most successful high schools just last week about some changes they want to put in place to improve school culture. Um, they understand that our, our kids in that school have a tremendous amount of pressure academically to perform. They want their, our kids to be more successful and more comfortable in their environments, uh, and which will lead to additional success. So the fact that that school can have conversations about change 
certainly schools that have not been successful can do so. Uh, so that excites me, the fact that we're starting to have those kinds of conversations. Um, but it, it's it's certainly something you have to go slow at. Um, you can't make all those major changes overnight because changing hearts and minds is a hard thing to do. You can change curriculum. You can change textbooks. You can change all these wonderful things. But if you don't change hearts and minds, that work never gets done fully and kids suffer in the process. Uh, so there, there's a lot of work to do in regard to that here. But to me, that's at the heart of the work we need to do to change what our district looks like. Yeah, powerful words there and changing hearts and minds. And my opinion, it's the only way to make it sustainable as well. You can't mandate the people's wanting to change or seeing that need to change. So just brilliantly said on your end. So let me ask you one, just one final question, no matter where people are as they listen today, you know, I'm guessing the vast majority, if not all of our listeners, they look at this and saying, wow, I don't have the extent of some of the issues that that you're dealing with. And but when they look at it, regardless of where they are in this, any sort of continuum, give me one piece of advice for your superintendent or principal colleagues as they look to shift mindsets, as they look to implement change, as they look to bring people to preparing you know, for the world of work that currently exists for our students. Give me a piece of advice for them um, on, 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 on what you're feeling related to that. Um, I think it's easy when you're in a district that's that has some level of success or has some uh, some financial backing and that type of thing in your community to say, hey, we're good. We can just coast along. I think it's important to, to find those kids because they have them. those kids that are not being successful. They're there. And I don't care how good your school district is or how much money you have or where you're located. You have issues to overcome as well. And uh, I stress that with our community to understand, you know, yeah, we have significant numbers of issues to overcome, but so does everyone else. So we're not unique in that regard. Uh, finding those pieces of success where there has been a, a lack of that success and making sure you, you, you're always looking to change for every kid. Knowing that the system as a whole, the way it's been engineered, the way it's been set up for decades has never been uh, geared toward making sure every student has been successful. We can go back to the whole notion of vocational tech, uh, education and what that looked like when I was in school. Those those Votech programs were for kids who weren't successful academically. And so if you weren't going to college, then that's where we pushed you. That's where we housed you. Well, now we have to understand that those programs are crucial to some of the success of any student, no matter what you might end up doing. They're kids who can go to college who still may go into those industries and be extremely successful. Then some of those same kids who may struggle with your traditional education in classrooms where they're not able to engage and they're pushed into certain programs. You know, if you're going into, let's say you're going into plumbing, let's just say, and that's a program that we offer here. Those kids are going to make up with $100,000 a year. I mean, I don't know about you, Thomas, but I, my first job, I made $19,000 a year as a teacher. So why wouldn't we embrace those opportunities for kids and getting them to understand those are pathways to be successful as well? I think ultimately my goal is for every student upon graduation to have a really, really difficult choice to make. Either they're going into the work world, they're going to build their own business, they're going to a two or four year uh, university or college, or they're going into the military. I want every student to have to make that tough choice. The way we're set up now, certain kids only get some of those choices, if not one of those choices, perhaps. I want every kid to have all of those choices in front of him or her, and therefore they have to make really, really tough decisions about what their future might be and they're choosing it for themselves. We're not choosing it for them and saying, hey, you're from a certain background. You can only do X, Y, and Z. No, I want all of our kids to know they can do everything. It's up to them to choose what they want to do. 
Yeah, you know, you're really preaching that all really does mean all. This isn't about some, and this isn't about opportunities for some. This is how do we make that available to every single child. My man, I appreciate having you on. Thank you so much for your time. You are welcome back on the podcast anytime. That's Melvin Brown, everybody. Melvin, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.